tastes like milk in a bag. Yeah, that's what it is. Bag of milk. Bag of milk. It's some Canadian chat. How about that bag of milk? Bag of milk. We just wanted to say. Sorry. Wow. Kudos to you, Fias, for the beautiful new Bag of Milk theme song. I know you spend a lot of time um, writing and recording that. Do you see uh, perhaps a full album of Bag of Milk theme songs coming out in the future? I think so. I think I'm going to have a whole um, uh, lactose-related album. (laughs) That sounds great. I'm sure that's just what the kids want. Um, More calcium. And they need more albums. Do, Do we call them albums still? I don't know. But um, we are here, uh, episode two. Uh, so thank you for anybody that's actually uh, joined us for a second time. And for those that have joined us the first time, please go back and listen to the first episode just so you don't feel lost. But we'll try to make sure that you um, can keep up. Um, we had some great feedback for after our first episode. Great uh, feedback. Great, great feedback. Fe- yeah, we had feedback wide and far from all over North America and really around the world. And you want me also, to read some? You want me to read some of this feedback? Yeah, Will? yeah. Read some of the feedback. Here's some great feedback. This mm. one's great. I really, really think this one is one of the best. It says, mm-hmm. "What the hell?" Dot dot dot. Seriously? <laughs> question mark. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe that wasn't a. That wasn't a great one, but we have some others. We have some others here that I can read off that I thought sure. were very nice, very generous. Um, okay. Here's one from a um, from a, a, a listener in uh, Toronto. Oh, wow. Um, this listener says, hilarious, exclamation mark. You sign like you did a bump of Coke. <laughs> here's another one. This one is okay. good. This one says, loved it. You have a good, nice with Will, and I like the premise. Is that is that from your mom? No, it does sound like it's from my mom, though, doesn't it? Mm. But then a few minutes later, uh, the person did text again and said, "Good vibe, not okay. good nice." But not I'll, I really nice. like I like good nice. I think good nice is nice. good. Good. Good nice yeah. is good. Yeah, nice is good nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had some feedback um, from family members and non-family members, but the best one was was from my daughter who said, uh, in promoting the uh, the first episode on her Instagram, which is quite popular with the uh, nineteen to twenty two uh, Edmonton crowd, um, she said, "If you like middle aged Canadians talking about Canadian culture, you should listen to my dad's podcast." As far as the first episodes. As far as first episodes go, I give it a 7 out of 10. So, you know, pretty good. 7 out of 10. I was hoping maybe, you know, the fact that she's my daughter, I'd get a little higher. But, you know, got to have somewhere to go, you know. You, you don't want to start off the gate right at the finish, right? I think we should assume that because she's your daughter, she gave you a 7 out of 10 or gave us a 7 oh. out of 10. So, in fact, in actuality, so it's, it's like probably four. Time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. a 5. Okay, well, you know, nowhere to go but up. But anyways, thank you for anyone that's listened, and um, please continue to listen. On today's episode, uh, Fias, we will be talking about, well, a little bit more about earworms, uh, or butterworms, or whatever you want to call them. Um, we're Will. Talk about, yes, Fias? Will. 
I, I think we should probably remind our listeners uh, mm. what a butterworm is. Oh, uh, well, I think we've determined that a butterworm would be like a good earworm. So a song that you want stuck in your head. Is that uh, pretty much summing it up there? I think so. I think so. Okay, okay good. Um, and again, if you haven't heard uh, our discussion about butterworms, oh, please go back and listen to episode one again. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to talk about uh, Canadian versus American words and maybe some other differences in our two great countries that Fiaz and I have both uh, uh, experienced, uh, well, Fiaz is currently still experiencing. He hasn't been deported yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, We'll also talk a little bit about Mel's Rock Pile on SCTV and a weekly topic a segment about who would win in a battle. We're going to talk about battle of the Sarahs with three names and be some surprising, you know, twists and turns as to who we think may win this battle. So, um, but first off, let's let's just go back to some earworms. And again, if anybody's listening, if you have some particular earworms, ones that uh, you want to share with us, please do so in any way possible. Um, have you thought of any uh, any new ones since last time, Fias? Um, you know, I have actually thought of some new butterworms, and mm. these are uh, ones that uh, particularly come to mind when I'm uh, washing the dishes. I, I don't know why. Oh. It, it is it is due. Um, uh, one of them being Basketball Jones. Remember that song, Basketball Jones by Cheech and Chong? It's, uh, it was a riff or a parody of Love Jones by mm. the... Uh, by the ironically named 70s R&B band Brighter Side of Darkness. Okay. <laughs> but hmm. uh, if you if you're not familiar with basketball Jones, it's like I think it's Cheech and he sings in this very high-pitched falsetto uh voice and it's uh Basketball Jones. <laughs> I love the basketball Jones. Uh, so anyway, uh, wow. that always comes to my head. I don't know why because it's kind of an annoying song to listen to, but at the same time mm-hmm. it's very I don't know, it's very soothing. Okay. Basketball Jones. I got a basketball joke. I was going to say we could put in a little basketball. clip of it, but we don't don't need to now. So that's good. So that's a that's a that's good one. Right. That's a butterworm. And worm. the uh, that's a butterworm. And another butterworm, a recent butterworm that I think we were uh, talking about offline, <laughs> uh, was the um, or is the uh, the song from the uh, Alpha Romeo commercial? It's a song called Control by uh, Emmett Fenn. And it's just got this really, really funky beat to mm-hmm. it that I that just sticks in my head in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sticks in your head rather than sticks in your craw. Let the, let the feelings take control. Well, you know, um, I, I hate to say this, but unfortunately, the new Bag of Milk theme song is a new earworm for me. Bag of Milk. I can't get that out of my head, uh, probably because I was, you know, playing around with some remixes. Maybe I'll play, maybe we'll play at the end of the episode one of the remixes. <laughs> you know, I, uh, ran, I, ran that, I ran that song by another friend of mine, and immediately he said that this was an earworm. So. <laughs> Good. Well, he hasn't heard the remix. Wait till he hears the dubstep version. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, but another one for me that's been uh, uh, in in and out of my head for years is uh, How Bizarre by OMC. 
not to be confused with OMD, was a Kiwi band. Um, some trivia, the lead singer was a gang member, I think, and he died in some sort of Maori Kiwi thing. I don't know. Clash. Yes. Um, tomorrow, what does that stand for? Oh, wait. you know what? I can't remember. It actually stands for something because I remember talking to someone one time who actually was a Kiwi. Um, and they told me that it was, oh, it's for the Otara Millionaires Club. And supposedly the Otara Millionaires were like a, a Maori gang. So that's really? a bit obscure. Yeah. How about that, eh? That could you be remember like that time we uh, delved into the Yakuza and then what happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to talk about that, remember? No, no, it's a litigation. No, no. So no, mm, no, tragic. But I'll just mention a couple more quick ones. Um, the uh, tomorrow from Annie. Sometimes that pops in my head, and that is just a bad one. I can't get that. You out. know, uh, Will mm. would probably she would probably pronounce it tomorrow, but uh, maybe in a Canadian production of Annie, it would mm-hmm. be tomorrow, tomorrow. I love you, tomorrow. As Sorry. opposed to an American, uh, the American production where it would mm. say tomorrow, tomorrow, I, in your case, hate you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? Okay. <laughs> and lastly, um, Steal My Sunshine by Len is actually sometimes a, an earworm and sometimes it's a butterworm. You know, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. But, um, you know, that was a one hit and wonder by, uh, by Len, a band it's from a refle- Toronto. It's a, it's a reflection of life, really. Mm, it really is. And really sort of like this podcast is a reflection of life, don't you think? Mm. Mm. Uh, not really. Uh, I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, let's um <laughs> let's move on and we're going to talk a little bit about um Canadian versus American words. Um you of course have to deal with this a little more on a daily basis. I, you know, I did when I lived uh, in the south. Um obviously you're making fun of me saying sorry so you've become a little bit more um what's the word i'm looking for chicken oh yeah chicken (laughs) yeah um but uh what what do you see like does it still come up in in daily conversation like if somebody says uh lieutenant do you do you try to correct them every time really every time because you know the word lieutenant comes up so often in conversations that i have (laughs) yes Yes. Um, like when you're at public uh, Say, could I get 300 grams of the roast beef? <laughs> lieutenant. Lieutenant. And they're like, what? Don't you mean lieutenant? <laughs> uh, that's my nickname down here. Roast beef. Uh, roast beef. <laughs> uh, losing listeners by the second. Oh, um, yes. But the, uh, the obvious one, of course, is... Um, washroom versus bathroom or restroom because you know i don't think i've ever heard a canadian ever say the word restroom before unless they're a serial killer or something oh no but but canadians typically say washroom sometimes they'll say loo but bathroom i think uh is a little too crass for canadians they don't say bathroom americans of course say bathroom bathroom is the place Mm. to go to do your business um, when you say washroom, or when I hear washroom uttered by anyone, that's a dead giveaway that this person like, is a mm-hmm. Canadian. Mm-hmm. What did I hear? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a dead giveaway that this person is probably Canadian. And the other one yeah. is a more subtle one, but um, uh, when Americans refer to the time, the period of their life when they were in elementary school, they'll say, oh, well, right. in the eighth grade, I did this, this, and this. Oh, I did that in the fourth grade, whereas that's Canadians right. will always say grade four 
or grade eight. We never yes. say, oh, in the eighth grade, I did blah, blah, blah. That's- that maybe is why the Bare Naked Ladies uh, grade nine song didn't hit as high as it could have because everybody was like, grade nine, don't you mean ninth grade? And that just didn't flow right. I think there's something to that. But, you know, Water Closet, I like to say Water Closet sometimes, too, or the WC. Really? No, never. Never. No. Okay. I will say Lou every now and then. Yeah, but then you put on a a British accent. I have to go to the Lou? (laughs) Is that your British accent, by the way, Will? (laughs) No. That was me me doing an impression of you doing a British accent. It was bad. I have to go to the Lou? (laughs) Oh goodness Queen, gracious! Queen's English, Hello. or maybe a a Queen's right. English. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's another. There's a whole group of other words. I'm sure, like Chesterfield and you know, serviette. I remember being at a at a I think a rest stop in uh, in South Carolina, and somebody asked for a serviette, and I was like, Oh no, what? Don't say that. So. Well, wouldn't you have like uh, wouldn't have that drawn you to that person who said serviette, or is this the person, or is this a person in your party that said? Serviette? This is a person in my parties, an ah. person that did not realize that you just can't say serviette, and I think they also ordered um, iced tea, and then they were, you know, upset because it wasn't sweetened because they didn't realize you got to order the sweet tea. You know how that works when yeah. you're in the south. Yeah. That whole yes. thing. Remember when we um, when we lived in Daytona and there was that uh, girl that lived next to us that was from like North Carolina and she would brew the uh, sweet tea on the front lawn. Vaguely, I thought I, at <laughs> first I thought it was just like a big jug of urine, and I'm thinking, well, yeah. why is this neighbor putting her urine out on our porch? And I thought, <laughs> wow, this is a it's America. It's some sort of tradition, in North Carolina or South Carolina. I don't know. Maybe it's just like them staking their, you know, like Mark. Say, this is my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they knew uh, we had a Maori uh, roommate. <laughs> I wouldn't that. have been so forward. <laughs> this, is a of urine. this is a little off tangent, but I think I ended up having a class with her. And, and I said, hey, I live right beside you. She's like, what? You're one of them Canada boys? And I'm like, yeah, I'm one of them Canada boys. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well, you, you garnered yourself quite the reputation because I'd left after a... Uh, I think a year or so I went back up to Toronto, but you, you stuck it out. You stuck it out in Daytona in the hell hole that was Daytona beach. I so did. I did. You. you know, and went on to um, direct a play at school, <laughs> direct the play, a version of uh, Eric Bogosian's talk radio. <laughs> I a think watershed. Actually, it was a watershed moment in your life, wasn't it? Yes. And I think actually uh, had as many people in the audience that are probably listening to this podcast, <laughs> five people uh, in the audience. And I think they were all brought in from a group home. Because it was that's free, sweet, that's free sweet. entertainment. So, Fias, let's talk about about the um, Canadian game show hosts that were so popular in the states, and and what you know, what's your take on that? Well, there, there were quite a few Canadian game show hosts, weren't there? I mean, uh, the obvious one, of mm-hmm. course, is Alex Trebek, who recently passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rest he's born in, in what R.I.P. Uh, Sudbury Zone, I think, right? Was I believe Sudbury? so. Yeah, is it Sarnia? I don't know. Sudbury, like Sudbury, Sarnia, somewhere right? north. Yeah, yeah, somewhere north, and then there was Monty Hall, of course, who uh, behind the he, he was uh, he was the host of Let's Make a Deal for many mm-hmm. many years, um, and then um, of course there was uh, there is Howie Mandel who oh, was right. on Deal. Yeah, how, how, a lot of people don't know Howie Mandel is from Toronto, mm-hmm. and um, he was the host of what is it Make the uh, Deal, deal or, or No deal? deal, right? Yeah. yeah, and then there was Jim Perry who in Canada. 
Mm. was the host of Definition and Headline Hunters. And then down here in the – Headline Hunter. I love that show. (laughs) And then down here, he was the host of Card Sharks and Deal of the Century. And it always struck me, you know, like with Jim Perry, when he was like hosting the Canadian game shows, the prizes were like so chintzy, right? It was like – Here's a transistor radio and a pen set or something like that. A fifty dollar gift went, certificate. Yeah, right. But <laughs> but it was like a fifty dollar gift certificate to some lame restaurant. Yeah, it was. It wasn't even fifty dollars cash. And here's tonight's winning prizes. Your prize is from Sea Queen Swimwear Collection. Beautiful swimsuits and beach covers for today's look and resort fashions. Available in a range of styles from Sea Queen, Canada's leading fashion supplier. And you've also won a Brother Precision Cassette Electric Typewriter that can correct without ever having to remove the cassette. A great new type of experience. With Brother, you'll never have it so good. So that was always struck me that the difference between Canadian game shows and American game shows, you know, the, the, the American ones had all the glitz and the lights and the glamour and the prizes and the money. And then, and then the Canadians had, uh, with the exception, with the exception, I think of the mad dash, which mad was dash. a, the, a show hosted by Pierre Lalonde. And right. essentially, essentially mad dash was like a board game that came Those to giant life. Giant types. Right? Yeah. You roll, yeah, exactly. You answer a question, you roll the dice, and then you physically make your way around a really giant game board. Um, but the thing I really liked about, about that show is that he would give uh, the winners like cash money. He, had, he would always have these crisp $50 Canadian bills, yeah. and he would give, it, give, give them like cash at the end of the yeah. game. You know, And I thought, oh, man, that was so cool. And I think that was like a real draw. That was uh, like big money. Compared to like a twenty dollar uh, gift certificate for Di- the Dominion, <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly think that I think it probably at that time, uh, you know, set the records for for prize money given out on a Canadian game show, uh, right. and it was like eight thousand dollars or something. But the one thing that I'll always remember about uh, the Mad Dash was one of the questions that Pierre Lalonde posed to a contestant, and that. And that question mm. was, "What does Mexico produce that no other co- that no other country produces?" Mm. I don't remember the word. What is the answer? The answer was Mexicans. <laughs> Jesus! No joke. No joke. Wow. What What does Mexico produce that no other country produces? Mexicans. And I was like, wow. "What?" Even back then, even like in 1981, I was like, "Uh, is that right? What is that right?" <laughs> sombreros or tequila or yeah and the show never aired after that but maybe they syndicated it and that's why they they had all the big bucks or something i don't know maybe maybe it was on ctv i think yeah ctv was like the big network they had all the money you know they had all the money yeah cbc yeah. didn't have enough money for that although cbc does do the um the family feud canada with jerry d there's a family – there's a Canadian version of Family Feud? You didn't know that? Yeah, with Jerry D. Who's Jerry D? Jerry D from um, from Mr. D, the TV show. <laughs> See, yeah, you've been away too long. I'll send you some clips because there's one there's one clip where the uh, one of the questions is um, name Popeye's favorite uh, food and the and the lady presses the button real quick and she goes chicken. Name Popeye's favorite food. Chicken. And then Jerry's like, oh, because she's thinking Popeye's chicken. Yeah. So 
you're going to have to watch some of that on the YouTube. Oh, wow. That is. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big hit. And we thought episode two was going to be better. <laughs> Ooh, boy, Ooh. Way wrong. boy, oh boy. Well, let's, you know, this has also been a bit of a tradition and, you know, talking about some of our favorite SCTV skits, skits, sketches. I, you know, I personally could, every time I think about it, go onto YouTube and watch like the Mel's rock pile skits, especially the one with, um, Richard Harris, you know, the one where it's Mel's, Mel's rock pile. Well, tell us a bit about that for somebody that doesn't know about Mel's rock pile on SCTV. Oh, uh, well, Mel's rock pile was a, a skit or a sketch on mm-hmm. <laughs> a skit on SCTV where, uh, Eugene Levy played the host rock and Mel slurp. And he hosted this dance uh, show, much uh, much like Soul Train or Solid Gold or Electric Circus, and um, and and on this particular episode that you're talking about, uh, Dave Thomas plays Richard Harris, and Richard Harris mm. is invited to come on to the uh, dance show to sing MacArthur Park. Only his version of MacArthur Park goes on for like. 17 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and so the uh, dancers are a bit confused as is uh, as is mel okay well it's that uh, time in the show that we've all been waiting for time for our special guest tonight and uh he's a guy that you've seen on the silver screen for so many years now he's a real big actor and i'm a big fan of his would you welcome please mr richard harris Boy, Mr. Harris, it's such a thrill to have you on Mel's Rock Pile. And, uh, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans because I've seen just about every film you've ever done. You know, I, I think my all-time particular favorite was the one you did in Sweden, A Man Called Horst. Because I saw that. Horse. I'm, I'm begging your pardon? A Man Called Horse! A man, a man Called Horse? <laughs> I didn't know that was a... Who would call somebody horse? That doesn't mean another horse, I guess. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny, Mel. Now can I just do my song? I like when Mel like takes a break while he's like, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll go and talk to some of the kids. Well, Richard Harris and he goes over and talks to um, Tony Rosado, who's playing. He says, uh, "What's your name?" Is Sheldon Resnick, and he's like, uh, <laughs> "Where do you go to um, Central High?" And I was like, "Oh, I went there in the, in in town." And and then he says, "From some boy says, you look a little bit old to be in high school." He's like, "I'm 31." He's like, "Oh." He says, "Yeah, I just went back to high school to meet chicks." <laughs> <laughs> I know it was so wrong. Oh, I think, uh, and then he's like, "Oh." I think uh, Richard Harris is going to sing again, and it's just oh man, it's. Good. And then he goes back, but but it's not. He he's just dancing more, yeah, gesticulating up on the stage. Well, you look kind of old to be going to Central Tech, is it? I'm 32. Oh, you're 32 years old, and you're. Were you taking a night course down there? I'm just trying to meet some girls. Oh, you're. T- well, it, well, it's a it's a good thing that you're still trying to get old. Paul, he's, he's on a second verse. So why don't we go back to Richard Harris right now? So it goes on and on, and it uh, makes for uh, it makes for genius comedy television. Again, Eugene Levy, you know, just a genius, and he got he's recently. I mean, of course, he had that American Pie phase where where people discovered him, but not so much for his um, you know his characters and stuff. But I hope people that didn't necessarily know him or they've discovered him through Schitt's Creek go back and look at some of the uh, 
some of the characters and, uh, and impressions he did on SCTV because man, he is, he was just for sure. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people were even introduced to him in all the Christopher guest movies, you know, the best in shows oh, right, yeah. and, all, and all those types of movies. Um, but I'll tell you my favorite mm. uh, Mel's Mel's rock pile, uh, skit was when, um, he invited the punk band. I think they were called the queen haters. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. Like a play off on came- the sex pistols. Yes, yeah, and Martin Short plays the lead singer with the bad teeth, and he I think he's a Johnny Rotten <laughs> character, yeah. and they sing a song called I Hate the Bloody Queen. And and the lyrics are just so funny, and all the dancers are like booing booing at them, and mm-hmm. uh, and Mel is the only one thoroughly enjoying the performance and dancing to it, <laughs> dancing to this punk rock performance. Yeah. Um, about uh, about them hating, absolutely despising the Queen. <laughs> you know, uh, before oh, before please, we leave yeah. the whole sure. yeah before we leave the topic about Mel's rock pile, I do I do mm-hmm. want to say that you I think you learned all of your dance moves from Mel's rock pile. You know, odd that you say that, but I actually was watching uh, that particular clip, uh, and my wife was in the room, and she also mentioned that that I I dance quite a bit. Uh, similarly to uh, Mel, which is because uh, my recollection of you dancing was always you had one arm raised in the air like a black mm. power salute, and then your <laughs> knees just bobbing up and down. That well, was your dance. Move it's not so much the black pretty much every it's, song. It's the um, you know the Saturday Night Fever kind of hand in the air. Yes, um, I believe my friend uh, Sean uh, and I used to uh, we go to places, we go to a bar, we try to um, bribe the other person to just go on the dance floor, or just put your hand in the air and stand like that. If you did that for five <laughs> minutes, then the other one would give you five bucks or something. So um, that was the extent of my dancing. But thanks for bringing that up. I really appreciate. You're welcome. That. So as is tradition, we will continue our segment of who would win in a fight. And this week, we're going to talk about the three named Sarahs. And of course, we have Sarah Michelle Geller versus Sarah Jessica Parker. So Fies, tell me who you think would win in a street fight. In a celebrity death match. Sure. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to involve death. Well, but, you know, there will be some violence. Oh, yeah. I guess it doesn't have to involve death because, you know, because no. uh, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller was a vampire slayer, but not necessarily a, a human slayer because that would make oh. her a murderer, I guess. I think she did yeah. kill a couple humans, but that's, you know. Yeah, she killed a guy or two, did she? Yeah, she hit a drifter with her car one time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but they buried that because she was a celebrity. <laughs> uh, she has a very good PR team uh, behind her. All right, well, back to the celebrity uh, <laughs> not-so-deadly match. Uh, now, Sarah Jessica Parker, I did some research. Mm-hmm. Sarah right. Jessica Parker was born the same year of that infamous uh, Muhammad Ali-Sonny Liston fight, you know, the one with the oh. phantom punch? Right, yeah. right. But then I realized, but then I realized that, that that has absolutely nothing really to do now, with Now, this uh, is a little aside, but... 
didn't you one time see her husband when you were uh, working in Toronto, Matthew Broderick? Oh, I think I did. Yeah, I think I yeah, did see him at the at the hotel lobby of the Sutton Place Hotel. He was, he was coming. I don't to film, know. I don't know if it's there anymore. He was coming to film the Freshman mm-hmm. with Marlon Brando. That is correct. Uh, it, and and the Asperger's the one fires uh, nothing. Ching ching. <laughs> It's a great food-related film too. Mm, the fresh because right. they eat all these exotic animals and stuff. It's, oh yeah, uh, that's yeah, right. Probably wouldn't fly very well today. Yeah, no. endangered animals is the yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the fight. Um, mm. So the fact that she was born the same year as uh, the Ali Liston fight really has nothing to do with uh, anything really, and I came to that realization fairly quickly. Right. But but if you got into a contract dispute with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, I'm picking Sarah Jessica Parker because she schooled Kim Cattrall in that whole uh, sex in the city uh, debacle there, you know? True. Yeah. Um, However, in a street fight, I'm going to go with Geller and I'll tell you Mm. why. A, she's got, she's got like 12 years on uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's 12 years younger than her. Okay. Mm -hmm. And B, Evidently, she knows how to kickbox and 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 she's done gymnastics and stuff. And she has like a, a black belt in Taekwondo. So I guess Ooh. you know she she's had to she's had to train a lot for that vampire uh, killer role. So I'm thinking that against the uh, stilettoed healed Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't think Sarah Jessica Parker has a chance. So I'm going to go with Sarah Michelle Geller in the uh, okay in the celebrity not so deadly match. Yep. So I agree with you, Fias. I wasn't sure which one I was going to go with, but most of your uh, reasonings I, I totally agree with. I th- thought that perhaps Sarah uh, Jessica Parker was going to win, you know, with that stiletto action. That would be a great weapon. But, um, you know, I think, again, Sarah Michelle Geller has the uh, skills, uh, and she would certainly be a little bit more athletic and wily. Uh, but, again, you know, if Sarah – Jessica Parker doesn't win on the street. She may win in the boardroom, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a, a great feature, and perhaps we'll have another one next week. Um, you know, we're going to just wrap things up, and um, hopefully you'll come back and listen to us next time. Again, if you have any suggestions or complaints, uh, please, you know, let us know. Bag of Milk Podcast at bell.net. And we can also be found on Bag of Milk Podcast at the Instagram and the Facebook and on Twitter. Again, Twitter has to be annoying. It's bag milk podcast. Uh, Fias, any last words? No. <laughs> well, we're going to end out with a remix of, you know, a song that's just blazing up the charts. It's the bag of milk podcast theme song written by one Fias Cara and remixed by myself. I hope you enjoy. Please come back again soon. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs>